All right, welcome to the podcast. I'm Rich Mellon from Trapping Inc. TV. Tonight's guest is a trap manufacturer and of very high quality traps, uh, the Coro Trap Line, and this is James Corosil. James, welcome to the podcast. It's uh, very much a pleasure to be here, Rich. It's awesome. We were just chatting before we went on and, and uh, uh, comparing weather. We're, we're both here in Canada. You're near Winnipeg? Yeah, just about 15 minutes outside of the city, yeah. Okay. And we're, uh, I, I was telling you that uh, we've got a dusting of snow here. Uh, nothing serious. Uh, it's actually late for us not having snow, but we did, we did freeze up. We've been hitting um, like minus uh, 12 to uh, minus 18 the last three, four nights in a row. So we've got about two inches of ice now, you know, that that's down to about zero, zero Fahrenheit. So. Well, you're, what? you're, you're definitely colder than us. We've, not hit the double digits yet so into the minuses we were about minus seven minus eight so far ice is just starting at the corners of the pond and stuff oh well i we were so warm and i test trapped uh, a couple of of muskrats and they just they weren't hadn't hadn't uh primed up at all yet and then all of a sudden it started getting cool you know we're starting to hit that maybe a degree of frost at night and that kind of thing and and then things really accelerated so i set up three lakes i got out and I, I set up three lakes i put out a bunch of traps and uh went to bed feeling great because the forecast was for the next three days was, was for good weather and i was like i'm gonna clean up i should be you know like a four or five hundred rat pole here and I, I get up the next morning and there's a weather warning <laughs> we've got this weather warning on my phone saying that, that uh by supposedly by 10 o'clock in the morning and we were supposed to be hitting 80 kilometer or 50 mile an hour winds well i'm hooped at that point like i mean i can't i can't even get out uh, on the on the lakes or anything with my canoe so i scrambled and i and uh, i was done by by about 11 o'clock and the, the wind never showed up but i only got like a, a seven or eight hour soak on all of my uh all of my rat traps and so i didn't get near as many as i thought i once again counting your chickens before you hatch right <laughs> Yeah, that does happen sometimes for sure. I know it's been pretty pretty windy here for almost a week now. It's uh, almost every day, 40 gusting to 60, 50 gusting to 70, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, we've had some wind. Um, most of my muskrat trapping this year so far is it's all been actually live cage trapping. Uh, just a bit of a bit of a sub contract for Ducks Unlimited. Um, we have some uh, retention ponds in the city of Winnipeg used for uh, water runoff and that. Um, and of course the um, cattails are for the natural uh, filtration. Um, and, uh, but obviously uh, one of the favorite foods for, 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 for rats. And uh, so I do some work for the, uh, through the, in the city. So it's all, it's all live trapping and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, but uh, the weather doesn't hurt me as much, so uh, that's nice. Oh, that's cool. Tell me, do you have hard bottom ponds or soft bottom ponds? <laughs> like, can you when you, trap, when you trap your muskrats? Like I'm sorry. <laughs> when you trap your muskrats, ahead, can, can you do it in your uh, in your waders? Um, yeah, like most of my rat trapping that I do, uh, I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of history of rat trapping. I just never lived in the areas that, you know, had a lot of rats. 
Um, so most of my stuff has been actually live trapping and it's a lot of just going along the banks. Uh, but the, uh, I did uh, some kill trapping last year uh, for the, uh, for Ducks Unlimited as well. And, um, and uh, yeah, it's not, it's not hard bottom, believe me, it's suction cup muck. And oh. uh, it's, um, I, I'm able to do it in, in, uh, in uh, hip waders, but yeah, it's, it wasn't fun. <laughs> It was, it was uh, a lot of balance issues for sure. That's uh, trying to trying to walk through that stuff. Oh, we we have mud bottoms here. Just it, it's terrible, and I'm scheduled to go back in to have surgery on my right knee again. And so when you get stuck down in there and you lift up, well, and your knee kind of pulls pulls apart. That's a terrible feeling, and <laughs> and, and, and I don't care for it. So I, I I do most of it in the canoe. You just can't get around fast enough, otherwise, right? It's funny you yeah, talk no, about sure. uh, doing uh, muskrats in, in ponds like that, retention ponds. I know somebody who does muskrats uh, at a water treatment plant. And he uh, there's all kinds of um, uh, little flow-throughs from one pond to another and that. And he will put um, uh, colony traps down in there. And his personal record was 26 in one colony trap. He had to cut the trap open to get them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, uh, that would be awesome to be working like that and those things. Yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna use those those uh, funnels, you know, continuously for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, that, it, it's surprising of how many muskrats are within city limits. Uh, you know, you'd be surprised. Like I'm, uh, I don't do whole numbers like what you're, you know, be you're, you're kind of talking about three, four hundred. Uh, and that, but it did do what 146 in a week. So, and we're talking all cage trapping. So I think I was, I mean, you know, I'm doing pretty good. So, you know, um, we're running about uh, 60, 64, 65 traps. So that, yeah, uh, that that's that's awesome to be getting that many. And uh, so, because you catch them live, then do you have to release them somewhere? No, actually, the contract is still to you know. Uh, uh euthanize but it's yeah. as long as they euthanize leave, yeah as long as they leave alive everybody's happy i guess kind of thing so yeah, yeah it, you know it's just the way that uh, animal damage control is going right so um with the, the saying is the uh what the eye doesn't see the heart doesn't grieve you know so uh you know it's, <laughs> <laughs> the the, uh, Walt, the uh, Walt Disney effect on trapping, right? So, but uh, yeah, so it's it's definitely it's 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 changing. You know, it's still trapping, but uh, definitely it's um, a new uh, like a new way, uh, I guess, or a new type of trapping. That I think kind of what trapping is going to slowly. Uh, you know, especially uh, as the cities are expanding, there's just going to be so much more animal damage control work now. So. Uh, more and more trappers that's that that's what they are is their animal damage control um that that's what keeps them hired keep, pays the bills uh it's astounding i've got a couple i've already done several podcasts with uh with adc trappers and i've got several more lined up and and it, it it's like when i'm the guy that goes out chasing them wild i'm just about one of a kind pretty soon here <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know it's it's one of those things where yeah you know if you with the fur industry, it's, it's, you know, it does really kind of, 
deter uh, a, a lot of trappers out there, unfortunately, because you know there's some of us that don't do it for the money. You know, it's the it's the it's the it's the passion. It's in the blood. And but uh, but the thing is, is if you know with the reduced number of, of trappers, you know, uh, you know the animals are they don't stop they don't stop multiplying and. You know, the, a lot of animals love to be around people. So it's just one of those things where, yeah, though trapping is always, I think, is always going to be around. The animal damage control industry is kind of, you know, more the, the you know, money maker, I guess, if you will. I always find it amazing that people think something is so cute until it's a pest and it eats their begonias or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah, I've got a couple stories <laughs> I could tell, but yeah, it's uh, no, definitely, uh, definitely, it's funny how people change when it's happening to them. You know, when the animals in their attic or whatever, you know. So, yeah, it's funny that way. Hey, folks, Rich from Trapping Inc. TV here, and we all have our idea of the perfect morning. You know what I'm talking about? For me, the perfect morning starts with the aroma and flavor of freshly brewed Old Smokes coffee. Studies have shown that just the smell of fresh coffee can boost brain activity. No kidding. Well, that's certainly no secret to me. I can barely talk before that first cup. <laughs> just ask Sandy. I'm a dark roast man, and Old Smokes Coffee's darkest roast, Stout Maple, is what gets my day in gear. Extra dark, it's strong, aromatic, and smooth. Gets me revved up for whatever that day throws at me. Old Smokes roasts their coffee over wood fires, the old-fashioned way. Wood roasting takes more time, much longer than modern hot air roasting. Slow roasting over wood takes the bitter out of the bean and imparts a heavenly taste and aroma from the wood smoke. Old Smokes makes a roast perfect for each person. There are five roasts, from light to extra dark, each roasted over a different wood for a unique flavor. Did you know the darker the roast, the lower the caffeine content? It's true. Caffeine is a volatile oil that evaporates with roasting. The lightest roast has the most caffeine, and the darkest roasts have the most flavor. Right now, you can order from their online store and use our promo code RICH, that's R-I-C-H, and get 10% off your entire order. Pretty simple. Just go to www.olesmokescoffee.com, that's O-L-E smokescoffee.com, and use the promo code RICH. That is promo code RICH for 10% off your entire order. And now let's get to today's show. So you come from a trapping family. Your dad uh, is actually the one who started the, the uh, line of, of traps. And we'll get to that in, in, in a couple of minutes here. But tell me about your history. What, what, what did you start out trapping and, and what's your favorite animal to trap? Um, I probably started um, well, trapping with my dad. I think uh, the, my biggest memory was... Um, uh, I guess going out with him into the uh, Sandy Lands Provincial Forest, which was east of uh, of uh, Winnipeg by about uh, 45 minutes or so. Um, it's basically crown land, so it was uh, not backwoods trapping by any means. He was more of a road trapper, if you will. Um, at that time, uh, it was primarily trapping fisher, uh, fox, coyote. Um, lynx was closed. For the majority of the years in uh, in our in our area, um, and there was you know mink and stuff like that. But uh, the, my my fondest memories uh, is I think around 1985. So I was um, 10 years old at the time, and 
I caught a small female fisher. Uh, I wanted the sets that uh, that I made, and uh, and um, I think uh, I think if I remember correctly, I got about three hundred and ninety dollars for that uh, for that fisher, which uh, which which drove my 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 dad uh, crazy because he'd definitely at three hundred and ninety dollars in nineteen eighty five was a lot of money, and that was it for me. I was hooked, and uh, you know I so. I started out trapping fisher primarily and with wind and you know weasels and stuff like that um and that was kind of what uh what i started uh, doing and then i you know as years went on um you know i i started um liking the challenge more of getting into the you know canine trapping and stuff and and um I just um the, it was a challenge right especially with with you know with uh you know trying to trap coyotes and uh you know, it turns out that they learned a lot more from me than I learned from them at, at the start um, or just, you know, until I, you know, started getting into it because, you know, growing up, um, I, you know, we didn't have obviously same as everybody else, um, you know, the internet and uh, social media and stuff. So, um, you know, we were very, uh, you know, not poor, but whatever, it was just a Low, lower income family and stuff like that. So I didn't have access to a lot of stuff. My my dad would uh, WD-40 his traps every fall. Uh, that was not believe waxing or dying or any of that kind of stuff. So uh, trying to, you know, catch coyotes that were, uh, you know, the traps doused in WD-40 was, <laughs> was uh, you know, definitely challenging. So as I grew older and and uh, I, uh, you know, um, so I started kind of, you know, thinking on my own and, and getting into my own stuff. And, uh, you know, and him being a, you know, the, the trap manufacturer, as we'll kind of get into, you know, it was, you know, I had the traps that were made by him. So, you know, I didn't have access to, you know, conibears bears and a lot of lake holds and stuff like that. I had the ones that were manufactured in my, in my yard kind of thing. So that's the traps that I grew up with using. And, uh, you know, uh, and then, you know, now, uh, you know, with, with all the, the Coro trap stuff going to the States and such, and, uh, the different trade shows, um, I, I really got into the animal damage control and, uh, had an opportunity to do some training, uh, on, uh, on animal damage control, uh, as a, as a general, and then also trying to specialize in, uh, coyote trapping. So I've had the, the pleasure to take Mark uh, June's uh, course up in Texas a few years ago. And then I also was able to do Mark Zager's course in, um, in uh, New York State. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I definitely trying to, uh, I wouldn't consider myself an expert by any means. I'm still learning, but I, I think I'm, I think I, I think I'm doing better than, than, uh, than most started, but you know, I, I still, uh, I still get schooled, you know, um, especially trying to get the, you know, Wiley alpha or whatever, you know, it's becomes very, very, you know, challenging. So that's kind of the thing is for me and I, you know, just to not drag it out too long, just, um, trapping's always been my thing. And I'm still just as excited to check a trap now than I was when I was 10 years old. It really, it truly is my thing. I'm not much of a hunter. I don't, uh, I'll have a gun with me for whatever, but, uh, when I'm out trapping, but yeah, definitely trapping's my thing. It's, uh, 
something that's definitely has totally stuck with me uh, for 35 years or whatever, 40, 30 years. I'm not even sure <laughs> since, uh, <laughs> since uh, the mid 80s anyway. So, yeah. You know, the, the, the thing that I always, when people say to me, I'm not, not the expert, uh, I think that I always have this little thing go off my mind that says, well, the time you think you're an expert, you're about to take a learning. And, and you know, just when I, I think there's nothing new under the sun when it comes to trapping rats, I had something totally new happen to me on this last check. One of the lakes was uh, got hit by freezing rain during the night. And, you know, normally a guy, you know, you, I, all my traps were just freshly dipped and died and all my all of uh they'd all been freshly waxed and so you think that that's good right you know you're, you're you've got no problems you know the freezing rain's no problem well i can prove prove to you right now that don't matter how good your wax job or whatever is uh you know it it probably took five pounds of pressure to push that pan down on a on a one and a half duke and and the 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 jaws would just stay there they would just stay there. So, like, I mean, I, I should have caught twice the rats that I <laughs> that I did catch because the ones I caught was before the rain came through. And I'd never seen that happen before, you know? And and I'm 60, you know? <laughs> no, it's, yeah, and we get those things, you know? It's very, very frustrating, right? Because, you know, you spend a lot of time and a lot of effort and, uh, into the trap preparation, the trap setting, and then you have something like that happen to you, you know? It's... Uh, you know, it, and it, you know what, probably will never happen again, you know, no, but, but it's, it's just one of those, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, well, okay, that's something new. That's another, another thing to remember, you know, it's something to, to keep in your back pocket. And I, I'd, I'd never seen it before. <laughs> so let's talk about manufacturing your traps. So I kind of got the feeling that your dad was building traps because that was the way he could end up with traps or did he have another, another reason for, for getting into trap manufacturing? Uh, he was a very unique individual. Um, I, I don't know, it's hard for me to say, pinpoint exactly what started the, the bug for building traps. Um, it, it started before I was born. Um, I think like he, we, he wasn't, uh, I guess it was, I think it was because he was a big fox trapper and uh, we weren't allowed to use free hanging snares um, in um, non-registered areas. So, um, and he never had a registered trap line. So he was always trapping in crown, crown land and stuff like that. This is the best of my knowledge anyways. Um, so he came up with a, a what he called the trail trap. Um, now this would be, I don't, I, I'm actually trying to resurrect this, but I'll, I'll get into, we can get into that. Um, so basically this was a trail, unbaited trail set, um, simulated a snare, but it was a side action style, almost a side action guillotine. Um, it was a lot of thought put into it. Uh, it had, a, had, had a, like a ratchet locking system on it, um, a spring release in case there was an accidental catch. Um, so basically, You've, you found a pinch point in, in a trail and um, and uh, you would kind of camouflage this trap into that pinch point. Um, and um, there is a brass wire trip. So as the fox or coyote is um, going down the trail, they would hit it with his chest generally. And the side action would kind of, it'd be like a side guillotine, which traps them in there. So that was his first one. 
And um, that's kind of what I grew up on. And that's what I was catching coyotes and fox on uh, as a kid. Can I, can I ask you, when you say side guillotine action, so was it jaws or a snare? It was a, it was a metal, it was a metal strike arm. It was a, a zigzaggity. So it was like a pride, it basically applied pressure points. So it wasn't like, it was like jagged, but it wasn't sharp. It was just like, there was like breaks done into the, into the, uh, into the strike bar. And uh, yeah, so it would, uh, depending on how fast the animal was going down the trail, if he was walking, would generally catch him by the neck. If it was, um, if they were at a trot, they would catch him a little bit a little bit further back and it was the, the nice thing about it too was you can adjust the height of the of the brass wire which would normally allow the rabbits to run and would run underneath so it appeared that the rabbits are running the trails which was actually a little bit of an added uh, bonus for the, for the fox or coyote coming on the trail after that so it was a restraining then it wasn't a killing oh no it's a it was a killing it's a it's okay. a killing trap yeah okay. yeah that sounds um, fascinating you, you, You'll you'll probably see, you'll 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 probably see it next year maybe. I'm thinking about doing some different sizes of it for actually getting in for for beaver and that, uh, like a twelve by twelve or ish kind of a thing because, um, you it'd be perfect for you know doing it for like a for example like a culvert and that. Um, you don't need that rotating jaw space. It's basically you can have it almost butted up against a structure. Uh, oh, yeah. outside of a, uh, of a, of a culvert or, or what have you. Right. And, um, and, and yeah, like, so, and, and I was going to be actually looking at, uh, you know, if, if I can, once I get this going on, like I said, it's a bit of a, it'll be a bit yet, but something like a, or talk to the guys over from Hags or something like that. And for like a, like a bracket or something like that, run it. I think that would be a pretty, pretty cool setup for guys that do a lot of water trapping um, you know, the smaller version for muskrats and, and, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, so, um, but yeah, so that was, uh, that was his first, that was his first, uh, uh, you know, trap that he made. And that was probably in the later seventies. Um, that was then, like, uh, the, I mean, that was way off of the playbook, man. Like there was nothing <laughs> like that around, <laughs> you know, you know, the funniest you know, the funniest thing is he sent it in to the to the fur institute way back when for testing um i don't even know how many years it went by where they apparently lost the traps and he, he sent new ones apparently the traps are lost again and uh they finally got a he finally got a uh, an answer many many years later and they said i don't they don't that they didn't know how to test it so <laughs> you know yeah, it was way beyond its time, you know, and I, and that's one of the things that, um, you know, that I kind of uh, want to bring back just because, you know, uh, uh, my dad passed just a little over a year ago. Um, so it's one of those, just a more of a tribute kind of thing, if anything, I just want to bring it back. And because uh, it is like, that's what I grew up using. I know it works. I know it works well. Oh, you um, used a lot of them, so did you? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a lot, but yeah, we did use them, and it was one of those things where uh, fearful of where to use them because we're always nervous about you know you know hunters and stuff like that too. I guess there wouldn't be much different between that and a and a ram you know like a ram power snare. You know, they're both you know equally not hunter friendly um, <laughs> if something should happen. 
the things that um, that we want to get uh, that I want to bring back, you know, and I think um, um, I'm just sorry. I just want to. I'm having some maybe some issues with my internet here. Just to, um, is are we? You can still hear me good. Yep. Yeah, it ironed out. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. So um, getting into the second style trap is like the we have the ones that are the coral number one and number two. Um, I'm not sure you're kind of familiar with those. I think, uh, but the, he started off with we'll be, we'll be with a ten by ten. What we would call the number three now that we that it's going to be back into production this fall here, um, and um, that was a, that was a, I guess a little more popular uh, traps and stuff like that, primarily for uh, Fisher, and that is one of the things that uh, he was getting into. Um, so and, um, describe for everybody. Describe for everybody how this, how your trap works, how the, what you're talking about here, because it's it's a body grip trap is what it is, and it's a killing trap. Uh, I've used them. I've used, I think, the number one and the okay. number two. I I've no, I don't I don't think I've yeah, had the big okay. ten inch, but d describe how this works. Um, like just basically like as far as how we go go about setting them and such, or, or well, it, or... you've 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 basically got what. This this frame that 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 has uh, I don't know for for lack of anything else it's kind of like the like the killing bar on a mousetrap right yeah in a sense it's still it's still a um, it's still a body gripping um, uh, trap very much the same as a conibear in a sense where you know it it, it, it grasps in the same and the and the springs are the same but yeah so generally it's it's almost a combination between a leg hold and a and a body grip. Um, so yeah, it sets up uh, very much the same as a, like a 90 degree clam shell, if you will, I guess. Yep. Um, you know, with the top bar, with the top bar being a, we, what you, I guess you would, you know, kind of consider the um, strike arm coming down on them once the, once the pan is depressed. And, um, and yeah, and, you know, so basically it's, um, I guess the only main difference is, is uh, with our trap is um, you don't have 50% of your power going one way and 50% of your power in the spring going the other way. It's kind of, you're kind of backed off and you have, you know, when the spring opens, excuse me, to, um, you know, to close, we got, you know, the full force of the spring, you know, pushing, uh, pushing that uh, strike arm closed for, you know, what we consider pretty fast, pretty fast, you know, you know, closing trap and that and, uh, and uh you know it um it you know it's i wouldn't say it's got any more clapping force or anything like that than a, than a rotating body grip but it just it, the force is directed in 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 one direction um i guess the more so the biggest plus for that is for um is for the trapper himself if there's an accidental catch it's one of the things that you can do is you can fairly easily get out of one um versus a rotating body grip um, as anybody who's ever caught themselves in the bush trying to compress a spring with one hand, uh, <laughs> it's not a lot of fun. You you tend to hear stories of people driving driving to the nearest house to try to get the trap off their hands or something like that, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you know when you're talking about it, I never thought about that. I never thought about the 
uh, the fact that that with the rotating body grip that you do have, you know, you've got two of them. You know, you're moving two 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 jaws, right? Whereas with yours is just that that, yeah. that single jaw, and, and I know the way I've I've used the one and two is is mount them on a tree, so they're straight up and down, and and the and the, the killing bar is 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 up above, and when the the pan is trapped, well, down it comes, right? And it's not yeah. getting launched off the tree or away from the tree like a rotating body grip. Those springs, uh, if they're up tight in the back of the box, I mean, she shoots out of there a heck of a, a speed, yeah. and that also removes some of the jaw speed, you know, because that 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 spring is is pushing the whole trap away, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not necessarily a disadvantage, but it does it does definitely slow it down a little bit, you know. If there's any kind of resistance, right, um, that's the that's the thing. So. Um, cause we, you know, for the longest time, you know, growing up and then, uh, for the longest time, we always used bait boxes with our, with the coral number one and number two, or we'd make like a type of a cubby set if we went on the ground sometimes with our larger number threes, similar to what you guys would do for like a Wolverine set, you know, um, but um, it wasn't until I, I had the pleasure of uh, spending some time with, uh, with, um, uh, a friend of mine now, uh, by the name of uh, Dave O'Farrell, he runs uh, Grizzly Creek Lodge out of um, out of the Yukon, and um, he was um, he was really interested in, in my in my uh, wolf trap, and I was in, really interested on getting out there and doing some you know testing, and um, you know so um, I shipped him down a bunch of traps, and um, you know and I'll be honest, I I don't want to I don't want to take the credit for the new design of the trigger not of the new design of the trigger but of how they're being used now you know it was a lot to do with dave and uh you know when you're in the middle of nowhere as i'm sure you've you've been um you know there's not a lot to do except think and talk and 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 so we you know i I was there for 10 days and um uh, unfortunately the wolves weren't around due to the weather so we really focused on coming up with the proper uh trigger uh, uh, trigger system for the coral number one and two from for martin and that was our main focus um it turned out it was a really good martin year there was martin everywhere and um we and uh, you know we started off with uh, bait boxes on a on like a horizontal uh run and then a little bit of rain came and then we had some uh, freeze ups we had martin go through the traps and say okay this is not going to work in these in these kind of climates you know um, so we started hanging the bait box from a tree and everything else. And then, you know, Dave said to me, like, why don't we just get rid of the bait box? And then I'm like, well, you know, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, we didn't really have much for tools. So we were wiring beaver meat to the pan and, and, you know, and then I'll, the next thing you know, it's, yeah, we kind of came up with the system and, um, what we really found that was key that, um, you know, was that little piece of, uh, well, we had basswood, but a little piece of plywood on, on the pan. And for whatever reason, it seemed to, it seemed to help um, um, take away the misses. Uh, so we were, we, 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 you know, we slowly, each day we kind of migrated to what we have now, but from starting from the bait box to eliminate the bait box to wiring bait to uh, the pan um on a steel pan and yet we for whatever reason we had actually had a miss or two um 
and then we added a piece of wood on the pan and for whatever reason i still keep getting back with dave and uh he's basically you know telling me that he's not having any any kind of misses with just adding that little piece of plywood and then uh you know, I, I, I unfortunately, I, I, I don't have as much time as I'd like to do as much research as I'd like as far as getting video cams and stuff like that. And I, I should, I got to do a lot more of that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, in theory, I think they're grabbing on to that with their nails and trying to tug at the bait. And that's, you know, onto the pan area there. And that's where they're, you know, that's where we're having, um, you know, very good success with that because Martin they're very aggressive when it comes to eating. They're going to tug at that thing and work at that bait until it's free, you know? Um, so they're not going to be shy about that. Um, so it seemed to, it seemed to really have it, a, um, a, just seemed to work. It's just one of those things where, you know, I got to give a lot of credit to Dave because, um, you know, he, um, uh, it was a lot to do with him on this idea. That's interesting that putting a piece of plywood on the metal, pan would make the would up your catch rate i wonder i wonder what what's going on there is it because it adds a little bit of mass and it, and actually your your trigger is lighter you know um because or is it just I, the fact uh, that they that it's it's not metal and so it's not foreign to them they, they brace their feet on the on, on that on that wood and away they go and it's done i I, I think so, at least when it comes to Martin. I can't really say for sure if it, when you get into a bigger species, but I think, yeah, there's that level of comfort. And I know any animal is going to prefer to put their feet on wood versus metal. That And, um, you know, yep. and that's from animal damage control, too, and if it comes to squirrels or what have you. You know, they'll still, you'll still catch them, the majority of them, but you, you're, you're trying to eliminate the misses. And, um, and yeah, it's... Uh, so whatever reason and, and yeah i probably should have some video cameras up that and um i'm just not very good <laughs> in that kind of um in that stuff uh, it's not really my my strength um but well, uh yeah I, I can tell you as someone who has lots of video cameras up <laughs> and never gets video <laughs> you, you may be just saving yourself a bunch of time that i waste i oh. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I, 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 on average, I have 40 video, uh, video cameras in the, in the bush every year. And what I've got is oh, wow. the back end of a lynx walking away or, or I just, I, I do not ha have not found a brand that's worth packing home and I've spent a lot of money on a pile of them. So, and yet, and then people send me, send me video, you know, it's like, how did that work? I, I've got a bunch of video cams out on my, on my home quarter right now. It's, it's hunting season and. And we have moose deer and elk all over the place, and and every one of the the cameras, you know, an animal walks up to it, and then they they they, they lick it, and they they chew on it, and everything else. So I I know that the predators know they're there as well. And to me, it's almost like you know, I've taken and put and put cameras on on a box that year over year, this box or or this set will catch four or five martin every year. I put a camera on it, and not catch a martin the whole year. <laughs> You know, and it's like, what? so I don't know whether it's different with the, with the predators or, or, or what it is, but man, I, I'm cursed when it comes to that. Hey, Rich here. Sandy and I are pleased at the rapid growth of our exclusive community, Trapping Inc. at Locals.com. We created the community to connect more closely with our fans, friends, and supporters without the interference 
and censorship of social media companies. Because this community is subscriber exclusive, there is no censored photos, shadow banning, and deplatforming as happens on Twitter and Facebook. Trolls are non-existent, as not a one will spend a nickel and put their money where their mouth is to protest on a paid site. You know it. We are steadily moving all Trapping Inc., YouTube videos, and podcasts as quickly as time and bandwidth allow. We're tickled and surprised to see how large of library we must move. As well, we are sharing articles on trapping and guns and shooting. Our new TV series, Married to the Hunt, videos are here too. Hours and hours of never-before-released to the internet hunting and fishing from around the world. Trappinginc.locals.com will be the exclusive home of all Trapping Inc. content from the past and into the future. What else is there to do? Well, there's a forum for everyone to post pictures on and interact. You can message us directly on trappinginc.locals.com as well as interact with all the other subscribers. These are all people with common interests. Get in here. This whole venture is about taking the Trapping Inc. TV community to the next level, building a community of shared interest and interacting with all of our friends. Who knows where we can go from here? Just go to locals.com and sign up for a free account. Then search for Trapping Inc. and subscribe for $5 a month. That's it. Go to locals.com to open a free account and then subscribe for $5 a month to Trapping Inc. Help us spread the truth about a way of life and the responsible, ethical management of the wild resources. Trappinginc.locals.com. Now back to the show. Yeah, like when I was up in the Yukon, we tried a little bit, and the same thing. Of course, the, the, the set that I had the camera at um, didn't catch anything, and... Um, we tried kind of doing a trap off thing of Jager with having a having a cona bear right right beside a coro and uh there was a trap there was a martin in each of them the next day kind of thing so like it was uh, like, but which one caught yeah, first yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah i know it was the chicken or the egg there right so yeah um uh, yeah, so yeah, that that uh, that was my attempt, and uh, <laughs> but obviously it's yeah. I know it's uh, the more you use them, the, you know, they will be beneficial. And uh, I plan on actually getting up this winter because we just launched our new uh, website for uh, uh, oral traps, and um, I want to add a bunch of um, how to set, how to use videos on there. I want to I want to get a lot better with that and. And, um, you know, hopefully with that and with a little more videos and social media, we'll get a little more, um, a little more, uh, you know, uh, out there kind of thing where people are, you know, it's, it, it's growing. It's a tough battle. It's a tough battle. Well, and, and, you know, it's so funny because we're really going through a clash of, of, uh, culture here because, Trappers are not technically minded, or not usually technically technically minded, and yet it's a very technical uh, affair. You know, I mean, it's very very technical discipline. So, I'm now working on a whole bunch of YouTube videos with different traps, like even to sit down and show the difference between a dog on a trap and a dogless trap, and people go, "Oh, that's what it is." You know, it's stuff that we take for granted. You know, it's the stuff that I get in yeah. trouble for, over, over all the time because. I go up and I, I set a trap and walk away and the guy says, you know, and then I'll get, 
I'll get emails now, you, you didn't take the safeties off. I know I took the safeties off because I don't even pay any attention anymore. It's all muscle memory. My hands do it and away I go. And, but then, you know, I've had cameraman out with me and, and I go do something. He says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did you just do? You know? And I, so you slow it down, you start explaining it, and you realize that you're doing all this stuff that, that people really want to know the explanation of. And, you know, you, you're just doing it so fast because it's just normal part of what you do. Uh, you know, we're, like I said, we're doing a whole bunch more work now with uh, getting uh, YouTube videos and that together uh, on on traps, on different kinds of traps, different ways to set, what's a night latch, all that kind of stuff, you know, that, that nobody nobody seems to yeah. cover, right? And it's one of the weaknesses, yes. Well, no, yeah, and I agree. And, um, you know, in um, general education, you know, even if it's courses and stuff are very, you know, also very uh good and beneficial for uh, you know young trappers and stuff so they can actually you know get some little bit of hands-on and that's something i you know i'm not using this advertiser or nothing like that but it's something i want to do in the future is i want to give back and and uh and start uh, trying to teach this stuff because yeah it's a lot of this that we've grew up with this for so long and been doing this it's it's second nature and we don't realize that you know, it, it's, um, yeah, we take it for granted in a sense, because we're, it's a lot of knowledge that we know and uh, when it comes to trapping and, and stuff like that. And and uh, it's amazing how, um, lack of a better term, clueless people are uh, about trapping. You know, they don't really understand the concept of it or the tools we use, you know. Oh, I know, because easily 80 or 85% of, of our fans don't trap but they're just fascinated with the life. I'm sure that we have every trapper that has a TV or an internet connection. We, 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 are, we are connected to them. Like, I mean, the other, the other 20 or 25% of our, of our fans are all, all trappers. In the beginning, the first thing that happened was people were upset with us because now we were telling all the secrets. And I really couldn't understand this because where we are here in, in, in Alberta, um, I have a registered trap line. Nobody else gets to trap on it but me. So I can tell you everything and anything about how I trap and where I trap and what I use and everything else because you're never going to trap my trap line and I'm never going to trap on yours. And now we've kind of overcome that. Now people are, are, are moved, moved beyond and, and you know, they're, they're interested in, in the education side of it. And we are getting a lot of people that are, are very interested in, in how things are done and, and uh, especially uh, the argument that's happening right now when, when it comes to... Uh, um, the restraining, the new, the new laws on the restraining footholds and that, and the, uh, the offset trap. And people have this idea that because you have that gap between the jaws of the offset trap, that, that they're, they're going to lose a toehold or whatever on, on a coyote. And no, you don't. What they don't realize is that those springs actually come up higher. And so it's, it's, you've got an even better grip on, on the animal, right? But, you know, it's, it's trying to explain that to, to people. Everybody thinks that those jaws should be able to cl close right tight together. And it's all education, right? Well, no, and that's exactly it. And, uh, you know, we've, we've all evolved a lot from, you know, 20 years ago or what, you know. So, you know, the stuff that we do with the way that we think. And, uh, you know, it's uh, definitely we're improving. And, and the traps, too, you know. It's... Um, um, there's a lot of good traps out there nowadays and uh yeah with the the offsets uh you know the rubber padded and all that kind of stuff you know it's uh 
uh, you know, it's all it's all good stuff for sure. So one and two and three were the were the next traps. What what was the trap after that? Um, the next traps after that was probably our our rodents line. Um, so the uh, it was probably started off with can't remember which size. Um, uh, he messed around with uh, a few different sizes, but of the of uh, most people who would be listening or, or know of, of or know of coral would uh, know of the coral rodent. Uh, it's about roughly three and a half inch by three and a half inch, primarily designed for weasels. Um, and it is a certified trap for weasels. Um, probably more uh, known on squirrels. Uh, a lot of animal damage control guys are using them on squirrels. Um, and then we have a larger uh, version of that, which we call just the large rodent, uh, roughly about a four and a half inch by five inch. Um, and, uh, you know, that's primarily used for, um, it was made for muskrats. Uh, my father used to trap muskrats uh, with that um, a lot. Never really took off for muskrats um, just because of costs. I think more so uh, that way. And um, <clears throat> then uh, it's kind of been used more so for uh, gray squirrels. So again, animal damage control really took off. We have, uh, you know, some businesses using a lot of them catching uh, north of a thousand, you know, gray squirrels a year. Um, so they've been really, really doing well that way. Some guys, you know, in the States where they don't uh, have the legalities or, or, or some of our traps are getting used for other species, which might not be used down here. Um, in the state of Washington right now, the coral rodent is actually legal for use, which um, uh, is the only real trap that's le legal to, for use versus your snap traps kind of thing, your mouse traps and your Victor rat traps. Um, and uh, we have guys using, uh, using them on spotted skunks uh, as well as uh, you know, other species, they probably shouldn't be trapping with them. Um, I told them not to advertise it if they want to keep their, uh, if they want to keep the rodent uh, legal in their, in their state, uh, you know, stop putting that stuff on social media. Um, Actually, but yeah, so there was, I had a guy contact me and there's, it's either Washington or Oregon or whatever, but it is, that is the only trap that's legal for Martin. And it's it's your large rodent and uh, Actually, small rodents. Okay, well anyway, we because he discussed with me we, we discussed on how how he'd build a box for it and that kind of stuff and uh, we, as you talked about it, I remember this is was a year or two ago, which is an eternity yeah, in my world. Yeah, it's been. They... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they actually had a um, a legal team involved with uh, uh with this um they've been trying hard to get something to get the coral rodent uh, actually certified there and for use not certified but uh legal sorry um and uh efficient game has been uh, resistant on anything else besides a a rat trap or mouse trap um so i actually had to put coral rat trap on the pan uh, for them to get it to, to bypass there and then you know with, so um, yeah, all the little all the little uh, you know loops that you can jump through to, to get something and then because you know, they can read um, I don't know <laughs> you no know, and 
it's really it's no different than a, a mouse trap or a rat trap. They are they are an impact killing trap. Um, they don't have the clamping force. Um, they kill off velocity, and that's you know that's what they're designed to do. So realistically, there's no difference. Uh, there's no difference between that versus that it has a metal frame versus a plastic or a wood one. Um, you know, you, so you just trained changed the trigger on them, didn't you? Yeah, we have a new system, and I've been trying to figure out something for a long time, and we've failed many times, many times over. Um, there was a couple of reasons why we had some, we had some, uh, you know, uh, concerns that um, the dog, uh, w because it wraps over top of the strike arm, it when the trap fires, that pushes that dog up with extreme velocity and it has the potential of kicking out um, a, a squirrel or weasel or whatever species that you're going after. Um, I think there's some truth to it for sure. Um, I think, you know, I, I use them all the time and I use them maybe a little bit different. Um, I have uh, boxes made for mine um, that force them in sideways. I generally use all my core rodents sideways instead of dead on anyways and i always have them try to enter through the the side that has the most openness and so the dogs on the on the on the far side of the trap in a sense so that's just the way i've always you know used them um but anyways getting back to the trigger system so that and the other thing was people are always nervous setting the trap because it's a real it's <laughs> a, a real finger basher um so you know, I've, I've had guys come up to me in trade shows and just throw, and just show me their thumb. You know, they just walk up to me with their, you know, thumb out. And I know, oh, yeah, okay, they've been playing with the rodent trap. Yeah. Um, so I made a lot of people nervous. And I figured, well, you know, hey, um, there's little bits and pieces of all my traps that I want to make little improvements on. And, and, and people want, like trappers are anybody they want they, you know they want they don't want to sit there and fight with something they want to they want to have it set almost by itself you know and make it easy that way you know and and, and so that's what we came up with um and um it's been working quite quite well and uh we, there is a little bit of adjustment on there it's hard to you know when we're not uh, a very very high-tech trap manufacturing company and we're working with local laser uh, laser cutting places um, that we there's a little bit of uh, of play, so somebody might have to you know drag a file on on the trap to either make it a little more sensitive or make it a little less sensitive. Um, but uh, all in all, uh, they've been working really really well. Okay, and so then, the wolf trap. All right. <laughs> Was that the next yeah, one? Yeah, we've had a couple. Yeah, we. Yeah, well, it would be it would be like the way that we made it. We yeah, because we've we've been asked to we, we've been making the uh, coral live beaver trap, but that's not our design. We got we got approached that in the early two thousands uh, to make that just because it wasn't available, um, and uh, so we've uh, we've been making that for well ever ever since. So it's been quite a few years. Um, there's that trap. Um, we got asked to make the Aldridge uh, grizzly bear throw spring. Um, so we approached that a couple of years back already. And I never just had an opportunity to get around to it within the last uh, year or so. So we've been, uh, we've been making them and selling them now because the, 
for the Aldridge uh, bear snare, um, there wasn't a lot of like heavy duty springs available. There was some lighter, lighter grade springs available in some places. So we got asked to make that. So we're, uh, we were somewhat, you know, the people that we talked with some improvements. So it, it opens up a little wider, uh, a little heavier diameter spring on there. So we've been, uh, we've been doing that now too. And, um, and then the, then the wolf trap would be, would be there too, would be next. Um, um, How did it come about? Which, uh, so it was one of the things once we started going to different shows um, throughout the U.S. and Canada, um, you know, we talked to different people about different items and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, uh, and then so I was approached um, with a design that was very similar to the Alaskan number nine from uh, Fairbanks, we believe. They're yep. getting made up in there. Um, and, um, at the time there was the, the one that I was kind of, a approached with had a dog system on there. Um, because the, one of the biggest concerns from the, uh, number nine was, uh, you know, the, the chewed up dogs all the time. Um, and then there was also another issue was side anchored. Um, <clears throat> so, and it wasn't offset or anything like that. So there was a, you know, it was a, it was a really, really good trap. It was just, you know, we, us in Canada here, we're moving forward with the trap standards. Uh, so there was, you know, substantial changes that we need to get made in order to improve that. And, um, you know, for two reasons um, um, that I really wanted to do this was, one was uh, my love for canine trapping. Um, and the other was, you know, you know, having a, a good wolf trap, what I think would kind of put coral traps on on the map in a sense where we you know always kind of struggle to get a, a voice anywhere so that was one of the things so we it kind of uh had a rough design of, of one and um and um kind of basically you know improved it on that so what, what what can we do to you know make it stronger in the right areas keep the weight down um you know obviously i talked with uh you know quite a few people on, you know, what do we, what, what is the, what is a wolf trap that we want to see, you know, and, um, and, you know, what do you, what do you want to use? What kind of climates, you know, what kind of, cause you know, my climate in Manitoba is much different than yours and from the Yukon or to Alaska. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of the, the melt, um, the snow and then the, uh, the warm and the freeze. Um, so you need a trap that's going to come out of a lot of, snow, you know, uh, kind of crustacean stuff like that. So these are all the things that we took under account. Um, we've always been very good at making springs. So that was a pretty easy fix. Um, um, and then, uh, some of the other, you know, materials, um, we weren't, you know, necessarily, uh, I had to do some research on, on, you know, what kind of a steel material. Um, a lot of, you know, from some of the, I, I, you know, I've never been a big, big wolf trapper, but I've caught some wolves and over the years and, um, you know, with some of the traps that were caught, you know, we, they got one catch and they, you know, we got jaws bent or this is the bent. So, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, wolves put traps through a lot of abuse. So we need something that's going to be stout. So, um, we sat down and, and we came up with, uh, with, uh, 
with uh, a few things like, for example, the jaws that we uh, make the trap out of, it's called Hardux, which is a high tensile steel. Um, I do believe they're used on greater blades. Um, so they're made for wear primarily. Um, it's not a metal that you can just drill through easily. You, uh, you need, you know, it's very tensile um, in order to roll the springs, uh, sorry, to roll the jaws. It's quite the process. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy hard steel. Um, we, we did actually at start, we run Hardux uh, laminates with it too, which uh, we soon decided that was foolish because you got all the strength from the all the strength from the jaw already, and then just by using mild, uh, uh, mild, uh, you know, uh, laminates, um, and then as far as the base goes and that, uh, without, you know, putting too many pieces together and, and trying to beef it up so it's going to uh, be strong enough, we decided to go with a uh, strengthening breaks in the in the base, um, and that I think that we could probably still do. It still wants to frown a little bit. Um, over time. So that's one of the things that we need to maybe look at and try to improve uh, still a little more on the, what may be a bit of a weaker spot. Um, and we try to reduce the amount of um, on the on the setting levers. Um, came up to a conclusion right away is that we feel that it's very important that there's um, levers versus just the springs. Um, there had, depending on, on the type of spring steel, I know um, spring steel fairly well and, and it's a lot more brittle than people understand. Um, so it's, there's a lot of broken springs that, that, that happened to some of the brands of traps out on the market um, over time. So I think I just thought it was really important to have uh, protective levers and what we tried to do is cut them as open as possible to create the least amount of resistance coming up. Um, but we still felt it was very, very, uh, you know, important to have those on there. And obviously we did the center, the center base, um, uh, the center anchor, uh, sorry, on the, on the base. Um, all of our hardware, one of the things that I've seen on some of the traps in the past is um, um, either extremely large bolts that add um, un, uh, unnecessary weight or, you know, very, very small bolts that are welded or whatever. So, you know, I, I, I decided to go with a grade eight bolt um, and um, silver locking nuts, which is, I think, important because the majority of wolf traps get dyed, so they get boiled. And if you have a nylon locking nut, well, the, that's going to that's going to eat up if you're boiling it out. It's going to really damage the uh, nylon. So, you know, going with an aircraft nut, I thought was was the uh, way to go with that. Um, and that's so we was uh, we have quite a bit of thought into it. Um, I um, I still want to improve the trip system. I want to come up with a type of a a night latch uh, ish kind of a system, a bit of a drop down, something that. Uh, uh, more of a visual indicator for for the trapper, I guess, if anything, but to um, limit the the travel on the pan as well. Even though you can kind of adjust that right now with the current uh, with the current uh, trap, but it's uh, it's nice to have something um, that gives you a nice visual to know that you're armed. You know, the safety's off and uh, it's ready to go. And um, I think that's you know, it's just. Uh, I think it's more to do with 
more to do for the trapper than it is to do for the for the trap in a sense but um you know it's different if it's a coyote versus a wolf uh i always use the analogy that uh, a coyote is like is kind of like uh muhammad ali and uh the wolf is like joe fraser or george foreman you know <laughs> uh, one's going to be stepping at at 15 pounds the other one's stepping at three pounds you know and they're so light on their feet you know coyotes but generally when a wolf is stepping down more times than not and again i'm, I'm not the expert when it comes to wolf trapping but they're generally fairly committed uh when they're when, when they're stepping down um you know you don't want a ton of travel by any means but you know it's not quite as of an instant trigger that you need for a coyote it's a, that's my opinion anyways i gotta tell you uh that your wolf trap has is easily the best value on the market you have it's beefy it's solid I've I've never distorted one. Uh, I was surprised to hear you say that they, you get a, some of them occasionally smile a bit, but I've never distorted one. I have had uh, like number three bridgers that had a, a lynx in them, and the wolves come along and and grab the the lynx and they tear the lynx apart, they drag them away and all that, and they bend that bottom plate, that base plate on that number three br- bridger just like that, and the jaws are hanging open and and it's ruined. The trap is ruined, you know, and that, that, that just doesn't happen with, with, with your trap. Like, I mean, I, I understand your trap's a lot bigger, different class than a number three Bridger, but you know, like in a number three, four spring rubber jawed Vic, uh, Victor, uh, <laughs> yeah. what it, it, it's, it's, it's classified as a wolf trap. Like, I mean, yeah. I look at it and it's like, are you kidding me? You know, it, That's it, bizarre. it, it weighs like just a you know just a few ounces and and it's this tiny little thing and it's like how did that qualify as a wolf trap like I mean that that kind of thing right there it, it makes me question all of FIC's trap testing and everything else I mean we have standards like uh, maximum jaw spread is it inside or outside it's nine inches is it inside or outside of the jaw. Uh, it would be uh, eight and a half by nine. Uh, eight and a half by nine should be inside diameter, do you believe? Okay. You know, we have that. We that, You know, they have to be center uh, center hinged or, or center uh, swiveled, right? So that when the animal's pulling, it, it, it's, it's pulling straight on his paw. It's not off on the one end so that he's sliding his paw or anything else. You know, we have to have a minimum amount of offset, you know, the a, a thickness of the jaws. All of this stuff, I mean, the... Trap testing today is almost like it's almost redundant. I mean, we know what what makes a a proven trap. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, yeah. I I don't know how much how much of an how much of my opinion I should share. To be honest, <laughs> uh, don't don't get yourself in trouble. <laughs> I'm just expressing my opinion, yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. can do that. <laughs> and, you know, it's just. But it's kind of started when it really kind of discouraged me or, or kind of started to putting a bit of a taint in my mouth was when, especially when all the Martin stuff went through and they, and they certified all the stuff for Martin. And then there was all these other traps that got certified for weasel. Well, you know, 
then every set's a weasel trap, you know, and uh, or set for a weasel, right? It's it, it's one of those things where you know, and and, and you know, so there's that aspect, and then you got the you got the number three four coil Victor for wolf, and you, you know you hear those stories where yeah, I caught a wolf on a number one and a half and held it and all this kind of stuff, and and you know you know what you that may happen once in a while, you know. Um, I'd, I'd be blown away if they, I'd like to see the 20 wolves or 20 some wolves they caught with that Victor number three. I'd, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the pile of uh, steel that's <laughs> shredded yeah. probably, you know, um, you know, but the biggest thing that, that people don't understand and, and possibly too with the FIC, uh, you know, it's not necessarily sometimes, um, um, of what the kind of a force you need to hold the animal. It's, it's the, it's the force that you need that, that needs to come up out of the ground or out of the snow. And, you know, you get a, you get um, other traps in the market that are, you know, even a little bigger than the um, Victor number three. Uh, you know, if you get that little bit of a crustacean or whatever, um, there's just too much delay. And a lot of times these traps freeze, they won't even fire. And um, that's the thing, you know, there's either too many moving pieces on the trap or, or it's just not strong enough to come out of the ground. And the biggest thing, especially when it comes to stuff like wolf trapping is you got to keep it simple. You don't, you don't want, you can't really have much going on and, and you need, you need enough power to come out, you know, that's, and, that's, that's and the biggest another, thing. another thing here in the North where we get really cold, uh, I don't agree with rubber rubber jaws. Like I don't think that they do the job. They they are they are so cold and so hard. It might as well be steel. I I think that if if the whole idea is to to with the uh, the new new restraining traps is to is to allow blood flow into the paw and all that so that they, it doesn't freeze. That the only way to go is offset because the the, the rubber jaws are are just way get way too hard in the cold. I I totally one hundred percent agree with you. Um, and there's, there's other trappers that would be more than happy to give their opinion on that as well. Uh, there's a lot more damage done uh, with a rubber jaw than there is with an offset jaw, you know, and yeah, it's, it's that, what I kind of said before, it's that Walt Disney feeling effect, you know, if, if people, if people see a rubber jaw and it's not trappers, it's the people that don't know anything about trapping. If you tell them it's got a rubber jaw, it doesn't matter what it is, all oh, it's better, it's good, you know? And that's kind of, you know, um, what that has to do with it. I, you know, I'm not a, like, I'm not a veterinarian. I didn't see all the results on all the testing done on the traps to see the damage and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, you know, it's it's got just as much to do with how is the trap anchored? Does it have a shock resistance? Um, are you using drags? Are you using the anchors? It, it, you know, and it, that's a lot to do with, with, with this trap testing too. It's, is, you know, um, it's a lot to do with Absolutely, the because you, you, you turn around and, and like the killing traps, okay? Whether the, 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 the Conibear, the Bilal, your, your trap, whatever, I mean, 
the trap doesn't do anything other than close and it, and it puts enough pressure on it and, and it kills, right? There's very few variables involved there, very few. And really, you can make the trap do the job so much better by making sure the animal can only get in there one way. So it presents itself properly for the trap to do its job. When it comes to a restraining trap, you've got a whole bunch more variables. And, and a couple of them, number one, they're just being restrained. They're not being killed. So they're going to be alive in there for 24 hours or 48 hours or 72, however long your, your tra uh, trap check laws are. So then things like, like swivels become important. I won't put any less than three swivels on, uh, on, a, uh, on a wolf trap. You know, one on the trap, uh, one, one in the midpoint in the chain, and one, one just uh, on the chain just before I, I anchor it. Um, whether or not it's, it's uh, on a drag, that makes a big difference. It's got to have a shock absorber, uh, especially if you're, if you're ground anchoring. You know, those things are all really important, and they're not really they affect how the trap gets uh performs and yet it's not the trap right you know like i mean they, they, it's it's one of those 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 silly variables and so i've i've had some discussions <laughs> with them and and i says well what do you mean you don't control this stuff you know like it, it's it's not very fair so i mean if they're gonna just throw that trap out for 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 testing and not control all these other variables why not just Look on it on the computer profile and decide whether it's whether it passes or not. I mean, really, that's what, what it's just as effective. No, I I agree. I agree. Yeah, believe me, I've I've, uh, I've had my fair share of conversations as well, and it's yeah, it's very it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating, you know. Um, and uh, it's just yeah, it's just the politics. You have to deal with it, unfortunately. <laughs> So what's next then? What's what's is there is there something new on the horizon for coro traps? Um, well, nothing that really for, pertains to the trapping world so much. But we just released a uh, our new pocket gopher trap and a mole trap, which is um, uh, the mole trap is the excellent for uh, uh, striped back gophers and um, and chipmunks and that kind of size as well. So that was just released. Uh, Wildlife uh, control supplies in East Granby, Connecticut, are the first ones that have uh, each of those. So that's um, kind of more so, kind of pertaining to the animal damage control, but uh, also to everybody. People get pocket gophers and stuff. I'm sure you got them up your way too. No, nope. uh, we're, we're too oh, far you know, north. Right? <laughs> we're too far north. <laughs> oh, you're too far north. Okay, um, but uh, so that was just released. Um, we we are we are um, starting a little bit of uh, getting into putting out a dogless coyote trap in Canada because there is no certified dogless coyote trap. Um, so I've been approached uh, by a few people to come up with one. Um, well, you did kind so of go into the. The you did kind of go into it in a very unusual way with starting with the wolf trap first. Just about everybody when they when they make uh, footholds and that they they start with a, a coyote or fox size and, and then work their way up to the bigger. Well, you you got the big dog out of the way. <laughs> well, I'm I am Ukrainian, so I go backwards, you know, pretty much everything. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was just one of those things where um, you know people were really wanting a a dogless coyote trap, and I know. 
everyone's going to say another, all we need is another coyote trap on the market kind of thing. But, um, you know, right now, currently, I, I don't know, um, as far as I know in Canada, I don't think the MB650 is certified, but that's not a very desirable trigger system by a lot. I don't want to say anything negative, but, but it just, unfortunately, it's a great trap. Um, but it's, um, it's a lot of people kind of get deterred from from the trigger system. So something simpler, something simple with a, like a dogless version uh, of that. So it's kind of, uh, you know, looking around uh, and I'm not copying anything, but somewhat similar to the size of an MB650 and the trigger system of a, of a Jake trap from the uh, JC O'Connor, something similar to that. Well, as a trap was, builder, tell, tell me, Tell me what the differences is between the type of jaw that you make and a cast jaw, and and what what are the reasons for it? Um, well, the cast jaw is generally is done in a mold, um, so they'll get it done probably uh, overseas somewhere, I would imagine, and it's um, probably a lot to do with volume, and it's uh, you know you don't have any edges or anything on there. Um, you know, you have the mold design, so it's pretty much, you know, it's going to come all perfect every time. You don't have to file. You don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have that luxury of, of being able to produce that many. So, you know, we're getting stuff cut on lasers. Um, you know, uh, we've messed around with some different stuff to, um, uh, <clears throat> come up with rounded jaws and, you know, with a little bit of machining and stuff like that. And it just, it's very time consuming. It's, very time consuming and expensive, um, which creates the other problem is then if there's too much money, no one's going to want to buy your trap. You know, it's hard enough to compete in the market as it is being a, you know, a manufacturer in Canada uh, or North America for that matter, you know, uh, versus, you know, getting stuff made that's, you know, done overseas and, and that. So it's, um, you know, we got to try to be able to keep the cost down, but somewhat competitive, you know, uh, more people are, having a less of an issue, um, spending a little more money if, if the product proves itself, you know, that's still a struggle uh, for everybody. You know, people want to make 10 trips to the dollar store versus going out and buying something once. But you make, you make a great right? point though, the fact that, that, uh, you know, you're, you're made in Canada, made in North America and, and, and uh, it, it is quality product. I, and like I said, you're the, I, I understand, you know, uh, business and, and uh, margins and all that, but your your wolf trap is the best buy in wolf traps out there. You know, the best value, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's not, it doesn't break the bank, and it is a great trap. Well, we're trying hard to keep the prices down. Like I said, it's, um, and uh, it's not easy, because, you know, we're just like everything else, we got inflation and stuff like that, but we're, being that, being that we're smaller, you know, we don't have a ton of overhead yet. You know, uh, we're not like some of these other trap manufacturing companies. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's just, uh, you know, as we get, hopefully as we get bigger and then, you know, we'll and be able to improve. And then even though costs will go up, volume will hopefully go up. And then, uh, and then, you know, we can still be, you know, we still want to be competitive throughout the market. That's what I've been trying to do. And, and uh, maybe there's not a lot of profit by the end of the day, but you know, I just happy, I'm just happy to do this. You know, it's just one of those things where it's not always about the money and that, so. 
Well, we have rattled on for over an hour here now, James. And I want to thank you for, for spending the, the, the time with us. Let everybody know how they can find you and Coro Traps. Where, what's your website? All right. So uh, my website is uh, just uh, www.corotraps.com. Um, just recently launched. Uh, <clears throat> so um, there is going to be a bunch of videos added. I'll be working on that this fall and this winter once things slow down a little bit. And um, you can uh, definitely always shoot me an email at james at coraltraps.com as well. Um, that's probably the best way. Coro is spelt with a K. K-O-R-O. -O. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Traps. <laughs> Coro Traps. You bet. Well, I, I, I want to thank you. And uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this uh, this chat. Uh, we will uh, get it up here in the in the in sometime this week and uh, maybe we'll see you all down the line.